welcome to modern Babylon. This is Culture Contrarian. Uh, my podcasts are uh, a degree of information which I choose to provide in the public domain. So I don't come with full authenticity and transparency on this platform. And that's for cause. Because the information which I share is so, what I say, foundational in nature that it, it's perceived as being confrontational and people want to argue and debate and there's so much more context that is required. And the context is in understanding the law, the Constitution, the Declaration of Bill of Independence, the Bill of Rights, your state's statutes and their law, their Constitution, the ordinances. And in order for me to dive into a deeper conversation, I have to do that through privacy. I have to establish a relationship that is confidential. I have copyright copyright protected information that is available in ebooks and in lessons that are available when people agree to join the my private membership association. And when you join when you read that agreement and everything that's involved in that agreement that you want to enter in and start reading the material that is in the private domain, the secure domain. My goal is to educate, equip, and empower all citizens to learn how to stand free and claim freedom on their own. If you've listened to my broadcast, I am going through a Herculean effort to claim freedom for myself in the face of those people that have raised their hand and professed an oath before a supreme magistrate, a judge, and before God to protect and defend and uphold the laws of our state, the constitution of our state, and our U.S. Constitution. They have affirmed that oath before God. And the reason it is before God is they should be fear and trembling at the judgment of God when they act contrary to God's precepts. So I asked a friend of mine who has has been saying that he's been listening to my broadcast, and I said, I just have a question. I, I want you to... Tell me from your perspective as a, I don't want to call you John Q. Citizen, but I want you to put on John Q. Citizen's hat and say, the things that you've heard me speak about, do I sound reasonable? I'm, I'm sure I'm kind of wackadoo, but do I sound reasonable? Have I attempted to reason with public servants? Have I attempted to provide an opportunity to sit down and have a conversation and reconcile their oath based upon how they're acting in violation of their oath to affect policies that violate the rights of citizens. And do I want to take them to federal court? Is that my goal? Is my goal to go grab money from private people? And he said to me, no, it sounds like you've said this repeatedly. It's like you're beating your head against the wall. And I said, no, I'm not beating my head against the wall. I want to be true to the character of the the precepts in which the divine spark has put in me, that I want to love my neighbor and call to them to receive faith and repentance and restore. I can't make anyone do anything. I have no power. I can't pull the horse to water, but I can encourage them to the benefit of going to that water or the settlement which may be put on your back and the load hooked to your reins maybe more than you're abundantly aware of. So I come tonight 
that a lot of things have transpired in the past week, and I've been remiss in coming live, and I, I kind of want to say what has been happening, but at the same time, I don't. I want things to play out the way they need to play out. So I do want to kind of go away from Greenfield and say that there's there's a day moving forward where I am going to walk up to that line and I, I'm a reasonable man. I will have documents in my hand. I will have the necessary preventative measures in my possession, in my mind. I will have links, hyperlinks in my mind. I'm not talking about weapons. I'm not a weapon-based person, but my, my ammunition is what's between my ears and the gray matter. And that I hope and pray that public servants, if they choose to engage me, will do it with the same respect that I'm trying to afford them and have them to pause and not to act against me in violation of their oath and attempt to criminalize something which is completely law-abiding. I just want my three minutes. Just give me my three minutes. I have not been lawfully criminally trespassed from public property. That's a ruse. That's a lie. And I will have evidence to present that there is no documentation of a criminal trespass. So that will be on the record. And if somebody attempts to remove me for criminal trespass after warning, that will be a lie because there was no original original criminal trespass, and I will not be perpetrating any crimes to warrant being removed from public property. The only basis a law enforcement officer has the authority to remove a citizen from public property, hear my words, I'm saying them clearly, public property, not a place of public accommodation, public property. Let's be more specific. A school is a public building. A school board meeting is a public, traditional public forum, which public citizens, private a private citizen is able to go and attend a school board meeting. And at the appropriate time, in the appropriate place, and in the appropriate manner, I'm able to exercise my First Amendment right, and I am not obligated to surrender my Fourth Amendment right to speak to the school board. Now, they don't like that. They don't like citizens who stand on their rights. And they have a history of criminalizing that or silencing speech. But I'm hoping that my reasonableness and my advance notification, they will no longer do that. But they may do it again. They may do it again. I can't stop them from acting criminally. I cannot. I could just hold them accountable for their unlawful actions. So as I do this, it is possible that these School board actors who don't have the authority of arrest will make a false statement to a law enforcement officer, and he will be in derelict of his duty because he will not do an investigation. He should. He should get an affidavit, a probable cause affidavit, with the reporting party identifying the crime that's been committed to remove me from public property. But none will exist. This happened before. And they will aggress upon me. They will put shackles of slavery of pain compliance on my hands. They will walk me out of a building where I have a a lawful right to be. They will most likely put me in a vehicle and kidnap me, falsely imprison me and put me in a dungeon and give me some bogus charges and put me in in a dungeon and allow me to stand before a magistrate. 
Now, I'm not a, I'm not a criminal. I know my rights. And I'm not going to assist them on any investigation. And I will sit in that jail cell. I'll sit there. I'm not going to file a plea. I'm not going to file a bond. This is all criminal activity. Bring me before the magistrate. I'm not going to enter a plea because I'm not there of my own will. Any charges that will be leveled against me will be fraudulent in support of no evidence, and I will give the magistrate the ability to review the evidence. And it's unfortunate that it's very possible that the magistrate will violate their oath and not do a fair and impartial evaluation of the evidence before them and believe narrative fabricated statements from somebody who claims authority. And I, I'll, maybe I'll get ORR. I'm not going to bond. I'll sit there and I'll expose this tyranny for what it is. This is it. This is after my federal complaint is already in sitting in the courthouse. After all I'm attempting to do is to speak and provide official service of the documents of that federal complaint. Now I have some other things that I'd like to say, but I'm anticipating that the 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 pride and the hubris is so huge that the the demonic influence of these people who whatever portion may claim some supreme being, the evidence says contrary. Their behavior, their actions are completely in violation of the oath that they took to this judge. And they must be acting in their private capacity because they refused to hear the warning. So they're acting on their own own will at this point. And these people, I want to give them the opportunity to repent. I want them to repent and say, you know, Mr. Miller, we did take this too far. We didn't think you would do what you are prepared to do for us today. And we want to correct the record. We understand now that policies do not have supreme authority over any human that exceed that of the Constitution, that exceed that of the Supreme Court precedent, that it is incorrect for us to be enforcing policies that contradict the constitutionally protected rights of our Bill of Rights and Constitution. And that's going to take us some time, and it's not a switch we can flip tomorrow and I go, amen. It, you're absolutely right. And I would love to be involved with you as you take down each one of these policies and an analyze them from a civil rights standpoint and ensure that you do not threaten, intimidate, coerce, and duress your students into obedience and behavioral conduct based upon what you desire in some policy. Don't do that. One man doesn't do that to another man. You don't threaten another man. You don't intimidate another man. You don't coerce them and you don't put them in duress. And most of all, you certainly don't act violently against them or ask someone else to perpetrate the violence on your behalf. It was a major foul, Dr. Orner. It was a major foul, Brian Fox, for you to call the Pennsylvania state troopers to use their threat of violence to act against me when you were the people that were perpetrating a crime. You had deprived me of my First Amendment right, and you established a lien. I have an unalienable right to be secure in my person's papers, properties, and effects, 
and you attached a lien against my right to be free of my person and said that you need to relinquish this if you want to speak before us. No thank you. You you think you are waving a flag because you took an oath, but actually you're wearing a brown shirt and more likely, more aptly said, you're wearing a red shirt like in 1898 in Wilmington, North Carolina. Your actions are no different than those band of brothers that went on some campaigns and were stuffing ballots and hoisting carcasses into the air. You're no different. And I say, it's time to look in the mirror. Stop. You've been able to get along, get away with it because you have coerced parents into signing contracts that they didn't really understand they were signing. It's no different than clicking an I agree when they download TikTok or Facebook. You relied upon their impulsivity for them to drop their kids off into your school. That they, you are not operating in loco parentis. That's a lie as well. You are treating those children as wards of the state and that there are no rights available for children or parents. Now, maybe the solicitor is going to provide some document that that public education is truly a private enterprise. I don't believe such a document exists. I don't believe that exists anywhere in legislation, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong that the school is a public education in masquerade with a mask and it's truly a private enterprise. I hope that's not the case, but there may be some hidden law that I wasn't able to see that grants schools the authority of policy that eclipses that of the Constitution because you're a private enterprise. And you can put those encumbrances on people. But hopefully, we will get away from the shadow dancing and the red herrings and the creation of straw mans and the, the shaming that happens through, through various forms of communication, whether it's in public or in private, will step away and act like real men in a volunteerist type of society that I'd love to volunteer my time to help the citizens and the school board in doing things that are truly best for the children. I've already volunteered hundreds of hours to advocate on behalf of children that have needs that you have grossly, grossly violated. IDEA doesn't mean anything inside of school districts. means nothing. The IEP guidelines and the IEP performance metrics and the, the markers for the IEP evaluation, it's a money game. And you don't have the resources. I'm not speaking specifically to one school. I'm just saying the process. You're financially burdened. What's really disgusting is the teachers with their stipend of compensation and the, the hell that they have to endure without any protection from administration in the school board and the, the, the chaos that ensues without having, I don't know, intestinal fortitude and a physical structure to command, a, command being respectful for peers inside that classroom they got no back they're out on their own and they're having to reach into their own pockets because there's impoverished children inside these buildings that may not be coming with shoes may not have had the ability to get dishwashing uh, detergent to wash their clothes and they're living on subsistence of food the teachers are reaching into their own pocket not only for the 
the benefit of the students in the class, but they're helping them get to school supplies. That the outside community needs to make donations because the fiscal management and fiscal responsibility inside of academia is horrible. We the people are part of the problem. I'll raise my hand and say that I am part of the problem because I have not inserted myself as a valuable asset to be not the agitator, but the supporter and the encourager. But in order to be the supporter and encourager, I need transparency, authenticity, and accountability. I'm used to sitting at the board table and understanding that board meetings benefit when they have a gatekeeper and a key master and a timekeeper to keep those conversations on topic and focused and limited time. And when people dovetail off of conversation, there's somebody to bring them back on topic and let's wrestle the topic down. Now, we may not be able to complete it in the time allotted, but that's where the next meeting picks up. We prioritize A, B, C, bucket list. If the C doesn't make it to a B, it stays in a C. Structure is a powerful thing, but it can also be used as a benevolent dictator. And many school boards across our country are functioning as benevolent dictatorships as a ruse because there's nothing benevolent about their actions. Because benevolence would require them to appreciate and recognize their role as servants to the citizens and the children, and to not deprive them of their unalienable rights, the First Amendment, the freedom of speech, the freedom to redress those in authority, to redress the government. Yeah, that's right. It's not defiant behavior when a child is standing free on their constitutional rights. Son, where's your phone? Sir, I'm not obligated to answer any of your questions. Son, give me your phone. Sir, I'm not going to surrender my phone. It's my personal property. If you want my phone, go get a warrant. We don't teach that in school. We teach obey the authority. Give me the answers I want and take this test because we're going to teach you to take this test. We don't want to foster creativity. We don't want to foster independence. We want to foster obedience, right? Because if you don't obey the authority, you will be put on detention for defiant behavior. Because it's in your guidelines. It's in your policy. You command that obedience without regard to the rights that that child may want to be keeping secure in. So we're going to find this out. We're going to see. Is the Constitution dead inside of that school? And those people that are violating their oath, they've had from January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August to repent. Did you hear that? They from January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August to repent. And they're still high and mighty, standing firm. And they're saying all these ugly, mean, nasty, slanderous, defamatory statements at me. Now, you know, I wear the armor of God, so that doesn't pierce my skin. It doesn't hurt me in the least because none of it's true. I have always been available for that email to come in and say, you know, this has gone on too long. 
we'd like to have a sit down with you. And I'd say, I'd be glad to have that conversation on the record. I won't do it in closet, in, in secrecy. No, that's kangaroo court stuff. We don't do kangaroo court stuff. If you're a public official, we can do it on the public record. And we can air everything in the public record. If we can't do it in public, it's like it never happened. If there's no record of it, it never happened. A contract is only worth the paper it's written on. So I invite you, if this is a message that you desire to learn how to be free, my podcast is only the tip of the iceberg. My YouTube channel is a little blip on the radar. My social media presences are very controlled, limited information. The meat to learn where to be free is inside privacy because you don't understand the retaliation that will occur when you attempt to stand free. And it will affect your life. Not small. It will have a big impact. People that are in my PMA have attempted to do this journey on their own and they've got some whiplash Because where they thought public servants, they could reason with them as an equal, as a fellow human and try to reason with them, they couldn't reason with them as a fellow human because they had this costume of authority that they needed to be obedient to the authority that you were just a plantation worker and they needed to obey the slave master and the plantation owner. And that wanting to reason, you can't bring them down to your level. The only way you can bring them down to your level is to uncloak them from their position of authority. They can do that on their own, but learning how to acknowledge or get them to recognize that they're outside their authority is a piece of education that is not available in school. It's not available in high school. It's not available in college. A college doesn't teach this because they want you obedient to the authority. And if you're okay signing those contracts for your children over to the school, then this is not a message for you. And you are going to be left to doing your three-minute speeches to an audience that won't even look at you, let alone answer you or interact with you. You're talking to a wall. So take your three-minute laborious effort to do this well-orchestrated narrative, your little soliloquy for three minutes. Put in your right-to-know requests. Do your little protests. Send your emails in. Do a petition. And I promise you nothing will change because the system is stacked and built against you. So while that may give you a dopamine rush and make you feel good, well, at least I'm doing something and I'm doing something that other people can pick up behind me. If you're not willing to do it yourself, why is it reasonable to expect somebody else to do more than what you're not willing to do? How insane is that? As an employer, I knew that if I wanted to expect someone to take a grinder and cut a piece of metal apart and potentially get cut, 
that I have to be willing to do the same thing as opposed to expect them to get injured. Am I willing to get injured myself? Yeah, I got to get this done. Let me show you how I would do it. Now can you pick it up and do it? I'm not opposed to emptying out the garbage and sweeping the floor. Whatever is required, I will do because I don't expect someone to do more than I'm willing to do. So my entire journey has been modeling and saying, this is how I'm doing it. Am I 100% right? Absolutely not. You can learn from how I do it and you can apply your own twist to it or keep doing what you're doing. Albert Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. That's what we have got as a society. You have been told the road that you must travel and you are obedient to the masters telling you go down this road, go down this path, follow this appeal process, blah, 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 blah. Register your complaint here. And as good, good obedient citizens, you follow the path that you t- they tell you to go completely unaware that that is not a path for your success. That's a path for their success. It's going to generate revenue for them and it's going to create business opportunities for them and it's going to create new jobs for them because you're going to go into their process and they need more people to administer the people they bring into the process. Super. It's, it's like, has anybody familiar with the Department of Youth Services and, and Child Services and what a machine that is and how the courts are set up to deal with those custody issues. Does anyone aware that the incentive program behind Child and Youth Services Department is the more beds you occupy, the more money you get. So the incentive is to get more kids in the bed. Interesting. Now, if you really were talking about family reunification as the goal, you would get bonused based upon those kids that were out of the beds reunified with the family. And the goal would be to get as few beds as possible. But that's not the goal. The goal is I want to have a government system, a process that will have a lot of employees that we can continue to get raises and more employees in it. And our our fuel to do that is to pick up more kids. Where do those kids go? Why don't you do some research? on how many kids in Rhode Island have been lost through that system. Last time I heard it was over 300 that have vanished out of that system. Where do they go? Well, I think you see advertisements for where they go inside of airports and bus stations to draw your attention to this little bit of a distraction about what child sex trafficking is all about. Now, I go off a dovetail, but my, my point is that you're going through a system that they have built that they want you to travel. I'm here to teach you there's another system that the Constitution has told is for we the people. My lawsuit, I'm taking pro se. Am I an attorney? Absolutely not. Do I dispense legal advice? Absolutely not. Does my language sound legalese? Sure it does, because I've been doing a tremendous amount of research and understanding the law. So for me to use legal terminology would not be unreasonable. It would be unreasonable to represent myself as an attorney, which I will never do. I will never offer legal advice. But I am going to be my own lawyer going pro se, representing myself against those 80-plus people based upon the road that the Founding Fathers set for me and for you. 
So I'm going down where my founding fathers told me I needed to go. Now, I, will I have success? Who knows? Because I've tried to do everything my founding fathers and those documents have told me I should do, along with the other precedent and common, common law that's out there, the USC codes. I'm doing everything that, that not everything, everything that my research has led me to the path that I need to go in the hopes to break through Graham versus Connor and me be more reasonable and capture as much evidence of my public servants being unreasonable. Complete disregard of the law. The law. Reckless disregard of the law. Warning, 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 warning. Stand on your hill. Reckless disregard of the law. Reckless disregard for your oath. It's not me. I'm giving you the opportunity to say, whoa, stop, pause. I don't know of one public servant that has spent time to read 42 U.S.C. 1983. I don't know of one public servant that knows 18 U.S.C. 241 or 242. And those public servants that are in law enforcement, they know they want to steer clear of anybody that mentions 1983 because they know that if that person is equipped and knowledgeable that the settlement is coming out of their own pocket. It's coming out of their own pocket. It pierces qualified immunity. See, qualified immunity is your tax dollars that get wrapped up with these public servants in settlements. There's no punishment that happens to a public servant when they're under qualified immunity. They get a slap on the wrist, a paid vacation. Hoorah. <laughs> they laugh at us. And my statement is that you, the people in your taxpayers, are putting money into the tax, the tax coffers that's going into a liability insurance fund that is used to pay these settlements when there's deprivation of rights. That's where it comes from. So why you as a taxpayer are paying for the settlement on the actions of public servant criminals when you, the taxpayer, are the victim? If you're putting your children in public school and the, the actions that I'm taking, I'm magnifying. I'm putting a huge magnifying glass on the, all the constitutional violations happening inside, not all of them, many of the constitutional violations happening inside the school. And all those children are victims. But none of those children are named as plaintiffs because none of the parents know what's happening with their children in those rights violations. So they can't be plaintiff because they don't know what their standing is. So me entering into the school, I'm the plaintiff because my constitutional rights are violated. And when the public servants pay, they're going to have to reach into their pocket. But I could have, I could have bypassed federal court and I could have gone into an Article I court and sued them in their official capacity. And I would have made a ton of money from the coffers of the tax citizen, taxpayers to settle my allegations against the school board and that that would be a big sum of money but I ethically and morally feel that it's wrong for the citizens who are the victims of the school board reaching into their taxpayers to pay me this the school board in that case gets a slap on the wrist 
I want change. I want real change. I want the school boards to know you're outside of your lane. You violated your oath. Correct your actions. Don't be unlawfully searching children without a warrant. That's unlawful. It's unconstitutional. It's a Fourth Amendment violation. The police won't do it. And you took your authority and your private person capacity to violate those children's rights. Do I want to punish you for doing that? Heck no. I want you to recognize the error that you you made. Repent and say, can you help me and establish a better way that we can do this and continue to maintain those rights of those children? And I'd say, amen. Bring it on. Let's bring my brain and a couple other brains and let's really tease this out and see here's what the light rights are for those children and this is what you should have done. And let's work if we can identify a policy and a process to make sure you don't step outside that law, that you get the probable cause affidavit, you hand it off to the police, you have the police go and get the warrant, you hold those people there for the 25 minutes and you go get the, uh, the named individuals and then you get your warrant and then you come in and you search. There's a right way to do things when you have the Constitution standing clear in front of you. If you ignore the Constitution, you're going to be a criminal and violate people. And I'm saying that's not a good and noble thing. You don't do that out of the goodness of your heart. And all of the narrative that you may try to say that you're, you have the best interests of the children in your heart, I have to look at your evidence. And all of the evidence that I have collected show that this doesn't come from the goodness of your heart. What comes from the goodness of your heart is to be obedient to the source of money and the influences of money. That's what I see. I see you're a, you're a slave to the lender. You're, you're dependent upon the state. You're dependent upon the federal. You're dependent upon the unions. You have bowed your neck to the supreme authority. My neck doesn't bow to you. My neck doesn't bow to the public servant. We are equal men under God. My neck bends before Christ. So I've given you a little preemptive as to what may be coming in the near future. Don't know when, but it's coming. Documents printed, stamps coming, envelopes prepared, flash drives loaded, I can't serve. I'm the plaintiff. I have to get someone else to do that. But I want to record it. I want it seen. I want to have an objective record of this is how this all works, and you can see it play out. And if this is too much for you to swallow, I understand. The fear is real. Retaliation is real. The violence is real. Violence is inherent in this system. All force from government comes back by a gun. It's funny they want to take the guns from you, but they're going to put more guns on them. I wasn't asked to leave without that gun. That gun was there. The school board didn't have any guns, but they needed to call a guy guy with a gun. So I'm just going to end it here. I invite you to visit my other channels on Facebook. Visit me on my YouTube channel. My Facebook's closing down. 
my Facebook's closing down. I'm going to leave it there so people can go through the history of that's what's happening. But I'm moving towards the PMA. This has been kind of like a, a last hurrah that I'll be doing a couple of updates. And I'm not sure what the evolution of this podcast is going to be, even if there will be a podcast continuing. I don't know. Maybe it will. we'll, we'll see how it plays out. So everybody, put that in your intellectual pipe and smoke it. This is Cultural Contrarian in Modern Babylon, and have a great night. Thank you.